Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. The more you can understand your audience, the easier it is to get them to do anything. Today on episode 564 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the co-founder of Amp My Content, Daniel Danes Hutt. Daniel discovered that most content writers use the wrong analogy when they try to develop a successful content strategy to fuel their marketing efforts. I'm going to ask Daniel how you can increase your traffic and your conversions with less content and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Dan along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Daniel Danes Hutt. Daniel is a self-confessed marketing nerd. He has a background in direct response advertising, but ironically, it's his content marketing that people know him for. He's had the top 10 content of all time on inbound.org and the top content of 2017 and 2018 on Growth Hackers. With only eight articles in years, he's been referenced or shared by Ryan Dice, Neil Patel, Joanna Wee, Glenn Alsop, CoSchedule, Active Campaign, and many more. He teaches people how to write less often but get more traffic at ampmycontent.com. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Daniel, consultants and coaches know how important it is to create content and build an audience, yet many of them struggle to create content consistently. And even of the consultants and coaches that do create a lot of content, many have a hard time getting people to read, to listen to, and to watch it. You seem to have cracked the code that many of these folks want to know. Why is it so hard for them? Honestly, I had to stop and think about this for a while. And I think it's because we copy what we see. Humans are, um, we're pattern recognition machines. It's a, a big thing of how we work. And so a lot of the time we're reading these big publishers and we think that we need to create content like they do. We need to create six articles a day just to get views and things like this. But their business model is basically eyeballs on adverts in a sidebar. And that's why they churn out a high volume because they don't actually need to make a sale. Whereas in a business, you usually have someone who has a pain point and wants to understand why that issue is and then figure out a solution. And so when we're copying all these publishers, usually what happens is we're creating content that's all over the place, doesn't actually lead someone in a path. It can be quite short at times when in reality, we want to have a conversation with these people, we need to understand them and take them from A to B to C to make the sale. And I think that's that comes down to the main issues, really. Mm. So if you're a consultant or coach and you want to create a plan to create the kind of content that is actually going to convert to some kind of sale, how should you think about it? Honestly, I like to try and think of maybe a current customer that you've got and all the conversations that you had to have with them. Because when they reach your website for the first time, they're probably in a certain state of mind. Like I say, they probably have a pain point that they're trying to solve. I like to try and envision the conversations with that person. I always use a friend of mine, uh, Louise, who owns a small business in town. 
what her level of understanding is and things like that. So what's the first conversation I need to have with her? Not the pitch, because she's not ready for the pitch, because she doesn't even understand what the problem is yet. What's the first person to just get her on board and talk about the problem that she's facing? And then once she understands that, what's the next step that she needs to understand? And then the next and the next until she's ready to actually want to buy. In uh, Cialdini calls this pre-framing. So we're helping to frame the situation and the problem before we ever get there. And it's actually one of the more effective ways of sales. When it comes to sales, you have people who make an offer. You, you have some businesses that don't make offers at all. You have some people who make an offer. You have better salespeople who follow up and try and address objections. I mean, you have the best salespeople who address objections in advance, and they pre-frame all that so they get the person ready for the office. And when, when it comes, they just say, wow, that's amazing. This is exactly what I want because it addresses all the problems that I've been made aware of. So I really knew it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, Daniel, how did you come upon this solution? How did you apply it in your business? So in copywriting, it actually, that happens a lot. So like a long form sales page, that's pretty much the structure of the page. You know, you're talking about the main problem and the pain point and you're agitating it and you're pulling them from one thing that they, the first thing they need to know to the second thing, to the third thing. I can't remember the copywriter now, but he said the goal of your content is to get the person to read the next sentence, to keep pulling them through the page. And so I honestly never really thought about it, but I used to write copy and, and things like that. And then I got into content marketing and I decided to just follow the same structure when writing articles. And the conversion rates alone are, I think our lowest article is about 17 out of 100 uh, readers will subscribe. And our highest is 83 out of 100. If you put that into the industry standard of just two subscribers, it, it actually makes a huge difference. And were you doing this as a content writer or were you doing this for your own business? Uh, just doing it for my own business and also doing some agency work and things like that. And what was the business when you tried to, to employ this technique? So I originally started out, <laughs> I was doing SEO and some paid ads and, and things like this. As you do when you start out, you kind of offer everything. And I did a campaign with a wetsuit company called Body Glove, who are a huge company. They've been around for years. But in New Zealand, they were really struggling because they had some brand alignment issues. People thought they were a cheap brand. I knew a guy who worked there and I offered to run a campaign for him doing the same thing with ads, pre-framing people and getting them ready and stuff. So that when the offer came out in a weekend, I think for $114, they, they sold all their wetsuits, basically, because we were getting them to that point. And then I took that same structure and wrote a case study about it. And then that went viral. That's the one that ended up being uh, in the top 10 on inbound.org. I think we had 50,000 readers in the first few days and millions of dollars in client requests and things like this. Wow. I hope that answers the question. I apologize. Yeah. And, okay. So step one was you figured out the technique for actually writing the copy. Yes. When you published that article that had so many views about the technique, the case study, how did it get so widely disseminated? I actually did something quite sneaky that I didn't really tell anyone at the time. But if you're trying to build an audience, one of the smartest things you can do is go to someone who already has an audience. And so have you ever heard of the Ikea effect? Yes. But for anybody who hasn't heard it, why don't you describe what it is? So if 
people value things more if they have been involved in the creation. So if you if you're having a a garage sale and you're selling two tables and one of them was ready made and the other one you just put together slightly from IKEA, you would actually want more money than for the IKEA one than the one you bought because you have that kind of this um you are connected to to the actual thing. So you can use this a lot when you are trying to create relationships with influencers. So if you can get an influencer to maybe help you with an article, to give you advice or something like that, then what can happen is they they kind of want it to succeed. So I was working in the forum with someone who's a, a great guy who has a lot of uh, clout in that inbound forum back when it existed. And I sent him the article for feedback and we've been back and forth. And I went to bed that night with the article not really finished, but he launched it on there for me. And because of that, and because he had such a huge audience, it took off like crazy. I mean, like people were talking about it on podcasts. It was being linked to, it was being referenced by like Fortune 5,000 companies, things like this. It was insane. So what I've heard so far is two steps. One is the technique to get the reader or the viewer or the listener to go from step one to step two to step three to step four, one yes. increment at a time. And the second is to um, use the IKEA effect to build a relationship with an influencer who has a big audience, the kind of people that you want in your audience. Yeah. I actually use so our blog and my content, it's all about how to actually promote and leverage content. So we do lots of different techniques, but one of the best things you can do early on when you first launch an article is to try and get that, that massive impact with influencers and people sharing it. So that's one of the first things that we always do. Okay. Are there other major steps? Or are those the, the two main steps behind your strategy? We actually have quite an involved strategy, but Basically, we break it down to uh, before you launch the article. So that would be stuff like building those relationships with that influencer before the article is live, creating uh, relationships on forums, because a lot of people, when they market in forums, the first post they ever do is self-promotional, and people don't like that. You know, it's a community of people. So actually being an active community member and things, then we launch the article where we go through a lot of different things where we will do basic promotion, email, social, tell the influencers it's live, things like this. Uh, we'll actually start to run paid ads to it as well because it's a great time to run them because you're actually learning things, but you're also getting a lot of readers. So if anyone has any paid ad experience, a lot of it's machine learning nowadays. So they need to learn uh, from data points, who's actually looking at this, who's reading, who's converting. And if you've just got an influencer to share it and get 50,000 shares, you now have a lot of data points of who read it, who converted, and things like that. And so your ad can perform even better almost straight away. I don't see many people doing this, but it, it makes total sense to me. And then also because you have paid ads now working, and ideally the content, you know, it's converting, it's profitable, you understand your numbers and how to measure. Well, now you can do link building and SEO, you can go on podcasts, you can guest post. So you can get that ongoing organic traffic. But it means that you have a burst of traffic on day one, you're able to sustain that traffic with paid and other promotions, and then you can go into SEO. I'm like, I'm simplifying a lot of it, but that's the general gist. Mm -hmm. and Daniel, is this strategy primarily for written content or can it be for audio and video as well? It could work for any platform, really. I think a lot of the, the big thing is to understand like the platforms that you're producing it on, how they work. 
you know, so obviously if you were doing a YouTube video, you might alter it slightly because of how their algorithm works. But the principles are all the same. You know, no one wants to eat in an empty restaurant, which is why if you can get those influencers to get you a lot of traffic on day one, then everyone is talking about it. You know, that's, that's one of the main benefits of them. As long as that content converts, it doesn't matter if it's video or if it's audio or anything like that. As long as someone goes all the way through and takes a call to action that you can measure, then you can run paid ads because now you can improve them and, and say, okay, well, I know that each new subscriber or trial is worth X amount and I'm getting them for less than that with this ad. So it's great. And then usually, you know, there's, I know that you do written content uh, for your podcast. And so if there's people linking to that podcast page where you've got like the blurb and stuff, well, actually you could start to get organic traffic to that as well from people searching on Google and then it could come across to the episode. So yeah, the principles work pretty much for any platform. Daniel, for a consultant or coach who has never produce content consistently, how much time is it likely to take to be able to gain some kind of significant traction? Personally, like we said in the bio, I've been, I've had all this traffic and all these shares. And at one point, I think I only wrote eight articles over a two-year period. As long as you have the right content, you can actually see traction. So when we first started out, we didn't even bother creating content for traffic. We just made sure that we had content that could sell for us on auto autopilot, you know, so that might be only be three or four blog posts. Now, the content that we talk about is usually longer and more in depth. But when you know it's converting, you can take that time, especially if you have a structure to write it. So what I always recommend to our students is to create content that can sell for you first, because everyone focuses on the traffic generation. But if you get a 1000 visitors and your site doesn't convert, it's not doing anything. But if you can sell to 100 visitors and then scale to 1,000, well, now you're actually going to use that traffic more effectively. Does that make sense? Yeah. How much time does it take to plan everything before you actually launch your first article? It honestly depends on you know what kind of content you are writing and things like that. If you're talking about pre-framing and getting someone to a sale, it can take longer because a lot of it is customer interviews and finding out the language that they use and the pain points. If it's just an article that you want for traffic, like a how-to guide, mm-hmm. I might write all my notes on a page of A4. Then I'll read the top 15 articles on the topic and see what they have that I don't. So I can, and you know, and what I can exclude. I'll look at forums and what they're talking about as well, so I can actually get a feel for what people are asking. Then I follow, all my writing follows templates, just like you would follow a copywriting template, I use writing templates. So I take all that information and I restructure it to the plot beats of that template. So the introduction, the pain points, how much effort it's going to take, the quick steps, and then I get into the body of it. So I can actually... I might take maybe two hours to research, but I can get my first 3,000 word draft done in half an hour. It's the polishing afterwards that takes time. But again, even for that, I have steps. So I go through, I remove typos, I improve the appearance, the readability, you know, no walls of text. I add in SEO and images for context, stuff like that. So I could get an article written probably in about four hours like a 3,000, 4,000 word article. Longer if it's something that I'm editing more. As I say, I know three or four hours seems like a lot more time if you're just knocking out 20 minute, 500 words. But if you're doing that every day and you have a thousand of those articles and you're still not getting the same conversion as one good article, 
you know, you can actually start to remove that. In fact, Google, you can actually see higher rankings by removing thin content that's not doing anything for your business because it helps raise the rankings of the rest of the pages on the site. So it's actually something that Google is looking for from uh, an experience point of view, user experience. They want less content, but they want it more in-depth and valuable. I don't want people to be just churning out stuff. It's like, you need a content strategy. Here's why. Four steps, and then give us a call. And no one gives them a call unless they're really, really, really stuck and have done all the research themselves. But if you were to like walk through all the different issues and you have case studies of people who have followed a strategy and how it works and things like that, well, then it sells like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. What kinds of consulting and coaching businesses have you seen make some dramatic changes as a result of these techniques? So there's two girls who live near to me who are just fantastic, outgoing, uh, but it's Instagram business. So they mainly talk about uh, photography and things like that. But because of they were part of a mentorship program that we used to be in, because of that, they took the course and they're starting to create content and they've been picked up by uh, Neil Schaefer for a social media podcast. Um, They've been on national TV things like this. So this is an industry that traditionally doesn't create content. I've got one student who is in enterprise. So his customer sales at the very least are about $100,000. He would write an article and maybe over six months get about 10 to 12 leads. He wrote a new article following our templates. And I think he got 25 leads in the first half an hour, just because the content did its job much better. And that's over in, uh, I think he's in Norway. We have another writer who was doing uh, the forum relationships and things like that and, and, and being like um, helping to promote content. And because she did so well at this, all these other companies were actually trying to steal her. So that not only were they reading her content, they were saying, can you come and work for this? And that was people like um, Rain Wilson, the actor. He has a YouTube channel. He, they tried to get her for there. Inbound also has a different uh, company that started. They tried to hire her for there. So it's Lots of different companies that we've seen this work for, and it's not just consultants either. It's like SMBs or larger businesses, uh, even e-commerce. Right. Well, the techniques are all the same. Exactly. Yeah. How long have you been using this strategy with clients? Probably about two years now. It's kind of, if ever I seem smart, it's because I made all the mistakes. And so it's just like, I've been going for a while making a lot of mistakes. We've had the program up, because we, we, we run a, a thing called the Amplify Content Academy, which used to be, basically, it was my internal standard operating procedures for writing content and promoting content and things like this. And then people started asking us to sell them. So we created a premium product about, probably about almost two and a half, three years ago now, which did really well. And then we've actually started expanding on that to create basically a Netflix of everything content marketing. So we have our set processes of how we write and then promote and all of that. But then we have things that you could also add in. So maybe you want to run YouTube ads. Now, you don't have to do that. There's actually maybe five, six, seven things that you can do every time that'll get you traffic. But if you want even more traffic and you have the resources, it's like, okay, we can do this. I can teach you how to do Twitter ads or Google ads. So that itself, since it's evolved, it's probably been going for about 10 months now. Um, But I've been doing this as a business for five, six years, maybe. Mm -hmm. And over the last 10 months, what kinds of impact have you seen? With the business itself or with the customers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the business. Truth be told, when uh, COVID hit in, we lost about 70% of our revenue 
And that's because at the time, a lot of our customers were agencies and things like that. And for some reason, everyone just stopped marketing, which is crazy because if you need sales, you're not going to get them if you don't have any marketing in place. Since then, it's come back up and we've started to see more sales. And now we've actually taken it from the premium version, which was about $2,500. We've actually changed it so that you can still buy a lifetime membership, but now you can join for a month if you want for just uh, $37. Wow. Because of that, we've actually seen a jump from maybe a 3 or 4% conversion to 11%. So we are seeing a lot of growth, you know, sales every day kind of thing, which is nice during today's climate. But yeah, we're doing all right. Well, congratulations on uh, figuring this all out, figuring out how to package it and how to, how to market and sell it yourselves. Where would you love for this to go? The business itself? Yeah. I actually want to start a software company. If I'm totally honest, there's a huge software scene here. And so I want to grow this business until it's at 100,000 visitors a month, you know, and just create the best resource for this. Because a lot of content marketing training is about how to write the content, not how to actually market it. It's like how to create the asset. Imagine you wrote a book and you never published it or you recorded a podcast and you never put it online. That's kind of like what a lot of people teach. So I want it to become the best place for content marketing that anyone can access and get results from. But then in the future, I want to use the funds from that to actually create our own software company. So that's like the 10-year goal. Wow. Sounds great. Um, Daniel, if anybody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? So they can go to ampmycontent.com. That's the blog, and you can find links for everything there. Uh, The Academy, uh, we wrote a book, which I think is only $2.99 on Amazon as well, which covers a lot of stuff we've talked about today. Yeah, that's the best place. I'm not really on social. Uh, I use social media to post photos of my cat, basically. Sounds great. Well, Daniel, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau, share some uh, really great insights about content marketing. And it sounds like what you're doing is quite different than the way many other people are helping those who struggle with content marketing. My guest today has been the co-founder of Amp My Content, Daniel Danes Hunt. Thank you again, Daniel, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how you can increase your traffic and your conversions with less content and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.